Welcome back to The Author Biz. I'm Stephen Campbell, and this is the show where we deliver the information you need to build a thriving and sustainable business as an author. In this week's episode, we discuss the idea of going wide with a portion of your books. Our guest is best-selling indie author Scott Paul, who writes fantasy and science fiction under the name of T.S. Paul. Scott's journey as an indie author is fairly short and definitely spectacular. He goes his own way as an author and is willing to step way outside the box when it comes to his author business. In this episode, we'll discuss his thoughts behind the decision to take some of his writing wide, why he chose to keep some in Kindle Unlimited, and what his plans are regarding distribution going forward. Then we get into the various ways in which Scott markets his author business both online and offline. If you're unfamiliar with the background story of T.S. Paul, you might be interested in hearing his first two visits to the podcast. The first was episode 78, How to Make Real Money Selling Short Fiction. And the second was about a year later, episode 137, Blowing Through the Six-Figure Sales Level in Year One. I'll have links to both of those extremely popular interviews in the show notes at theauthorbiz.com. Okay, let's get this one started. I began the interview by asking Scott when he decided to take some of his books into wide distribution and why. So I decided to take half of my series wide after the Nink conference of, in 2017. I had been thinking about it. And after hearing some of the speakers talk about, you know, some of the companies like Kobo and D2D and how many countries they're in and some of the advantages there are, um, I basically jumped ship on Amazon. I made the decision after hearing the Kobo presentation, I that evening went online and unticked KU from my entire science fiction series. And then made basically a chart for myself to when they would come out of KU. And it looked like it wasn't going to come out until the end of December. So I let them come out naturally. I didn't call mm -hmm. Amazon and say, hey, could you take this out? Mainly because they tend to do things with a sledgehammer, not a ball peen hammer. And I didn't want them to take everything <laughs> out, which would have been bad. So I just let it come out naturally. And as soon as it was out, I started loading them up internationally. So – I want to get to how you did that, but what did you hear at the Nink conference that convinced you to do that? Was there something specific? Well, it was mainly the um, it was mainly the Kobo presentation, and and it was Mark Lafab. He's not with Kobo anymore, but I, I'm, mm -hmm. he's he's a friend. And one of the things that that perked my interest was, I think I've talked to you before about how I created a market for myself in the Netherlands. Well, Kobo sells in the Netherlands, and they have a, a special Netherlands um, sort of like a KU-type program in yes, the Netherlands. Yeah. And I kind of was – and it mm -hmm. just gelled in my head that I'm like, well, hell, you know, I'm already selling in the Netherlands. What if I was to get more people in the Netherlands? And what if I was to sell – how do I – because one of the things I've, I've tried with Amazon is how do I reach people in goofy countries – well, not goofy countries, but goofy countries that are not on Amazon. How do I get people that, that mm -hmm. you know, we don't have an Amazon in South Africa. We don't have an Amazon in Kenya. We don't have an Amazon in um, – we have one in India, but we don't have one in places like Ceylon or um, Indonesia or Russia or places like that. How do I reach those customers? Because I've sold books to Kenya. I've sold books to South Africa. I know I have because they're following me on Facebook. And they've said, I loved your mm -hmm. book. And I'm thinking, how did you get it? 
<laughs> so I'm like, you know, how do I get to those people? And while I didn't put my my fantasy series, my paranormal, which is my big seller, I did put the science fiction books. So what does how does how does that break out in terms of revenue for for the fantasy versus uh, versus science fiction? Well, I haven't written a new book in the science fiction series since like November of 2016, so it's been over uh-huh. a year. So okay. sales, you know, sales at that point, it, it early 2017, we're rocking at about ten thousand a month just the sci-fi. Mm-hmm. But then they slid down. So, you know, I was looking in um, October, November, I was looking at about $5,000 a month, just the science fiction series. And I knew that by going wide, I was going to take a hit because, I, you know, some of that was KU. But not all of it was KU. It was mainly just coming from sales. So when I pulled it out of KU, I'm still making about $2,500 a month just from those 18 books. And we are talking 18 books mm-hmm. and, you know, four of those are box sets. So I knew that by taking it out, I was going to have a hit, but then I started immediately to make up the, make up the loss on Kobo. And now we are six months later, five months later. Are you back to even for those? Somewhat. I mean, I'm making her pull up this month's different, but let's pull up last month. So for, for the all-time numbers for six months in, call it five months in because, to be truthful, I didn't get everything up on Kobo until mid-January. Okay. Because, you know, there's covers and I had to have um, – I had to have my assistant go through and strip out every single link because you can't. When, it, when With Apple and some of those others, they lose their minds if there's an Amazon link in there. Right. So I had, went, went and had to take everything out. I had to change the back matter. You know, blah blah blah. Do all that stuff. So I've done, you know, about five k in four months, five months. Okay. So and is that months. is that everything, or just Kobo, or did you just go with Kobo? That's just okay. Kobo. Now on D, I only went Kobo and D two D. I'm on Smashwords, but eh, Smashwords. To be truthful. Smashwords is its own market. If you're selling erotica or something like that, that's where you want to be. If you're selling science fiction, <laughs> don't mess with it. It's not really worth it. And I'm sure the Kobo guys will scream at me, but it's you know it's what I'm not making any money. To be truthful, I don't even look at the dashboard. They don't. They haven't deposited any money. So, and just to be clear, you said the Kobo guys will scream at you. You mean the Smashwords guys? I mean it's the Smashwords guys. I'm so yes. sorry. Yeah, okay. not the Kobo guys. So Kobo is great. I love Kobo. Um, D2D, I'm not having that much luck with D2D. Um, I actually just made the best month. The best month I've made on D2D was last month, and it was $111. I mean, that's okay. awful. So D2D, yeah. you know, D2D is, is to be truthful, is it, it, it's not the percentage that they take. It's just the fact that there isn't that much in the way of discounting and advertising. Kobo has its own promotion system built in. So there's a list every single day of promotions you can put your book in. Mm-hmm. And it's relatively reasonable. I mean, it's not horribly, you know, that expensive. And of course, you could do an outside promotion too. I don't do a whole lot of outside promotions, so I do, you know, just the internal stuff with Kobo, which I think is how I've gained traction so fast. I'm on some of the other oddball wide sites, but I'm not really making any money. Um, it's mainly Kobo. All right, so there, there, there are going to be people out there listening and going, "Well, you're T.S. Paul. Kobo's probably doing something special for you. Are they? At the moment, they're not." They do want me to write up something like this this conversation we're having right now <laughs> about how to go wide, and they have you know offered me a few things, but they're not offering me any special discounts. Um, I think some of it had to do with the fact that I dumped eighteen books all at once into the okay. system. Now mm-hmm. I have a I have a monthly series 
that I do, which we can talk about, that for my paranormal series, but it is wide, and that's because I do something special with it. So every month I'm loading a new book wide, but those are small. They're only 10K. All right, so Kobo of of the non-Amazon platforms, Kobo is the one that's 90-plus percent for you. Kobo is your best bet. Okay. Because now, based on your experience, you're five months in now um, – are you thinking about taking some of the other stuff and, and going wide with it? No, not at okay. this time. Um, okay. no, 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 no. Taking, taking the, the, the federal witch series out of, um, Amazon KU would be a bad, bad thing. It, it, I make entirely too much money off of that. Um, it's like, we were talking a few minutes ago, it's 48% of my money for the most part. I mean, I'm not, I'm not really including the, to be truthful. When my wife says, how much money do we make this month? I don't even tell her the Kobo numbers. I just tell her Amazon. Mm-hmm. But so f- almost fifty percent of your uh, of your Amazon revenue comes from KU. So that's that would be an enormous hit if you decided to take those out. Yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. I mean, I understand that a lot of people, you know, get very upset with Amazon and and everything else. But you know, it's eighty percent of the market. I mean, you you have to be an Amazon. You you cannot unless you have you're independently wealthy. Yes. Okay. Uh, you mentioned. The, the monthly series. So let's talk about that. What was the plan for the monthly series? How's it going? Why? All of that. Okay. So um, I decided last year I wanted to do a monthly series. Um, I've had a lot of people ask me, you know, so hey. So is this right? like a serialized thing? It's just, it is. It just keeps it going? It's, it's okay. a true serial. It's not chapters from a book. A lot of people, when they call it a serial, they each each episode is a chapter in the book. This is not that. This is a true serial to where each episode is an episode. It's an actual adventure. It has a beginning. It has an end. You know, it might reference a previous event, but usually it's just it's a continuation. This is a guy in a truck driving around the country chasing down monsters. And each <laughs> each chapter or each book is its own book. So each one, you know, um, and it's Jack Dalton, Monster Hunter. It's set in the in the Federal Witch universe, but it takes place in the nineteen fifties. So it starts out in 1959. Currently in the book, it's 1960. So everything is in the past. So there are a few characters who are older who people might recognize from the current series who pop up in there, like the the, the ageless vampire and some fake characters and uh, the grandmother character from the witch series. And she hasn't even had her kids yet. So it's it's one of those things. So it's it's you know it gives me some back history it gives me a chance to write history because i like to write history and i can put some fun stuff in there but they run 8 to 10k so into 8 to 10,000 words um i'm charging a dollar 99 for them and it's wide so it's available everywhere amazon kobo okay, youtube so you, everything you are a rule breaker so essentially you're breaking every rule with this series <laughs> well the reason <laughs> it's too short <laughs> it's too short it's wide and it's a dollar 99 why a dollar 99 cuz that's that's a crazy a dollar 99 because i didn't want the 99 cents because i had okay. more play because the amazon only gets upset when you make things cheaper they don't care if you make things more expensive so at a dollar ninety nine, I can charge more overseas. I can charge two forty nine. I can charge two ninety nine. I can charge three ninety. I don't do that. I don't do three ninety nine. That's insane. But I, you know, I can charge a little bit more. Plus, you know, you get seventy cents versus thirty cents. It's mm-hmm. a, it's a money thing. So the reason that it's wide and not in KU. So I did have two. I've had two readers ping me and go, "Why is this not in KU? I want to read it. It's only ten thousand words. I mean, I'm not going to make any money off of it." In KU. Right. 
So the reason I do it is that once a month, on the third Wednesday of the month, people can read the the, the current book, not the whole series, the current book, because it comes out every month, on the first. They can read the current book for free on my website. I post the entire thing as a giant post on my website, and they can read the current episode. It's for sale. And when I post it, it's, you can still buy it, mm-hmm. and then you can still buy it after it's posted. And you can buy the rest of the series, and there's now a box set. You can buy that too, but you can't get you. You can only you. It's it's only you can't download it for free. It's a giant post. Now, are you breaking any Amazon rules by doing that? Nope, because it's not in KU. <laughs> ah, okay, all right. Now, one of the things that's interesting every time I talk to you because you blog, and you actually use your website for things, I always check your website rankings. And when I checked today, it's the highest it's ever been. And I just thought, wow, what is going on? Because you're not posting the Wednesday stories anymore. And now I understand it. Yeah. Well, and it's coming up. I mean, it's the third Wednesday, so it's coming up. Um, um, so that's, that's what I do. And I post that. And then I put links to the, it's like, if you haven't read the series, Hey, here's the first book. If you have, you know, the, the, there is a box set available on Amazon. It's not available wide. It's Amazon exclusive for the first three books. And the reason for that is that I'm going to do three box sets on Amazon. This, this will only have 10 books in the series. So there'll be one through three, three through six, seven through 10. Those will be available only on Amazon, Amazon exclusive. On Kobo, there'll be a 10 book set. Aha. One through 10 at like price point 1599, something like that. Because Kobo on their internal promotions has a 40% off box set sale that they run all the time. So you can put a 40% box set in and still make $9 with a $16 book. Interesting. Now, do you track um, click-throughs from your website for people reading the stories to, to purchases, or does that just fall into the just the general purchase category for you? Just the general purchase category. I do track how many people visit the site. Uh-huh. Um, I still get 160 or so new hits every day. That's great. So, I, mean, it really, I, I just went in just because I'm, I'm a geek like this. I, I saw where your site ranked, and I went into some big traditionally published authors' sites, and you just you blow them away in terms of daily visitors to the site. Oh, yeah. I mean, I've had the site up for two years. You know, remember, I'm still the no newsletter guy. I still don't do that. (laughs) You know, and, and, uh, you know, I have, I've just picked up, I'm picking up my Facebook page here. I've got 4469 and followers on Facebook, on my author page Uh on Facebook. So I've got almost 4,500 people following me on Facebook. So when I post something, it gets a pretty good spread. Mm Mm-hmm. All right, let's talk about marketing, and let's talk about online marketing, and then we're going to get to offline marketing, which if, if <laughs> you've got to stay tuned for this. You want to stay tuned for this. But first, I want to talk about online because you're kind of alluding to that with, with Facebook and things. What is your current marketing plan, marketing mix online for your books? I run Facebook ads. I run Amazon ads. Um, I've got four. I actually have three Facebook ads running right now. Um, one's a boosted ad. The other two are long-term. Mm-hmm. Um, I keep one running for the, um, Athena Lee series. I keep one running for the Agatha, the federal witch series. I call it Agatha series, but it's the federal witch series. Um, I pretty much just run those monthly, just flat out same ad over and over and over again. Um, one of them, let's see, I just had a hit on it. Let's see where that. So the, the fantasy one has got, 258,457 people reached. Mm-hmm. It's been running for a couple of months. 
and it's got 60 comments or 80 comments, 50 shares. So people, you know, I run those um, all the time. And then those are at uh, 10 to $20 a day for months at a time, a thousand keywords or however many I can squeeze in for, for, for Facebook. Mm-hmm. Um, and then I have five AMS ads running. Uh, all of those are maxed out at a thousand keywords. Um, some are doing okay. Some are not doing okay. I, I keep an eye on those more than I keep an eye on the Facebook. And are you doing uh, ads, uh, Amazon ads for the Athena Lee series? That's for for people who don't know yes. your story and, and the various things that, that you write. Athena Lee is, is the series that you basically stopped writing for. That's the science fiction series. Well, so. I haven't stopped completely. So that's, I stopped writing it in 2016. However, okay. I have a co-writer now. <laughs> I was approached by a, a friend of mine, and he's like, would you mind if I help you finish the Athena Lee series? Because I only wrote to book 10. I didn't get to book 12. I had a cover mm-hmm. for book 11, but I never actually wrote it. So um, I'm like, okay. So we've written book 11 and he's he's still working on book 12 so book 11 should be out this month toward the end of the month so i'll actually have a new book in the series and the plan for that just not to get off topic the plan for that is to put it in ku for 90 days and then take it out of ku and make it go wide with the rest of the series so people can still read it no great no interesting now so are are the ads though are the facebook ads for the athena lee and whether or not you're doing uh kindle ads are, are they keeping it top of mind for people they keep it in top of mind. They're using universal links for the wide because they're mm-hmm. wide. They're everywhere. So um, I'll try to send you one of those. But the the yeah, they're they're everywhere. So you can get them, you know, on all the sites. Okay. So what do you use for your universal link generator? I'm using the one for from D2D, which okay. is the books to read okay. ones. All right. Um, there are others. Those are just the ones I started using. Mm-hmm. So I just kept using them. Let me see. I'll pull my AMS ads up real fast here. I've got uh, one that I've been running. I have a Contra Chronica one, which is the first book. It's been running since November. That's the first book in the Paranormal series, which which blew you up, essentially. Yes. It's been running since November. It's had 17, well, 1.7 million views. And then uh, I've got one, I feel like I've got three, no, two um, books running for the the, uh, Athena Lee. And then a couple more, and then I've the the new the new pre-order is actually running. I have one running for that too. So let me pull up the book to read. I'll send you. But yeah, so back back to ads. So I run I run the ads for uh, on Amazon for AMS, and then I'm doing the um, a variety. I've got some that I'm letting Amazon do the do the choices, and then some I'm doing the choices. Um, and I get about fifty fifty. Sometimes, you know, they do that. But see, I also I also don't shoot for ROI. We've discussed this before. Mm-hmm. Is that you know my my goal is to put my books in front of people's faces all the time because if somebody sees it and it keeps popping up in their feed, eventually they're going to click on it, and that's what I want. Mm-hmm. And how much time do you spend managing this on a monthly basis? Oh, I probably look at it once a week. I think I try once a week to to tweak it or or check on it or make sure that the ads haven't run out. Um, I had everything set to run out. Uh, the first of May, and I had a couple of Facebook ads that I had to suddenly revitalize because I was like, oh, holy crap, this isn't up. So I had forgotten that I had listed it for first of May. <laughs> um, so I went through and, and, and took care of that. But yeah. Okay. So once a month, a couple hours, maybe not a lot of time. Yeah. Yeah. Not a lot of time. Yeah. Okay. You mentioned your pre order, and it, we've talked uh, several times in the past. To the best of my knowledge, you had never done a pre order 
or had never done a lengthy pre-order anyway until now. And when I looked at your at your Amazon author page today, I saw the new Federal Witch book coming in August, and there's a pre-order up. Yes. Well, see, I don't normally do pre-orders because a lot of people scream bloody murder. They're like, holy crap, Amazon's going to screw me over with a pre-order. But for the most part, if you get your book in there initially, when you load the pre-order and you put the full manuscript in and then you let it go, Amazon doesn't mess that up. So I, in the past, I've only ever done box sets because usually when I release the new book, the box set's ready. I just load the box set, let it go, set it for 30, 30 days, and just let it go. And then when I get in 30 days, I get a new release. Hey, it's great, whatever. I don't have to pay attention to it. Um, so when I started doing the Jack books, the Jack Dalton series, I put – when I release the, the – the, when people can go to my website and read the story – down at the bottom is want to read the next book, and it's in pre-order. So I started doing pre-orders for the Jack Dalton series to where they can click on the link and order the next book in pre-order you know, for the mm-hmm. next one. So those have worked out pretty well. Um, pull up that link here. So for pre-orders for that, for the very first one, you know, of course I had a ton of sales. Jack Dalton number one on Amazon has sold like 1,400 copies since January. Okay. okay? Or actually February because we're in book six. So it's February is when I started it. Um, and then book two had 185 pre-orders. Book three had 245 pre-orders. Book f- four, um, 261. Book five, 269. Wow. So increasing that's each great. month. Yes, for those were pre-orders for mm-hmm. Jack. That's just mm-hmm. Jack. And that's the 8 to 10K um, series at $1.99. Yes. yes. So yeah, so that's the eight. Those are those. So then when I decided, hey, let's put, because I had uh, dozens of readers going, when's the next book? When's the next book? You know, you've, you're writing. I have a, a a Demon War series called the Arcane Core series, and I have some other stuff that I've put out. But they're that, they're like, that's not your name, main book, and I'm like, it's only been four months, guys. I mean, come on. <laughs> and they're like, when's you know? I can't when, believe when's you're the saying that. When's the next I book? can't believe you're saying that. Well, <laughs> When's the next book? When's the next book? And don't get me wrong. I put out like four four or five books in between yes. those four months. But they're like, well, when's the next main book? And I'm like, okay, fine, whatever. And I took a risk because if I can't write a book in three months, I might as well just quit. So I said, okay, fine. The most time Amazon would give me was three months. I put Child of Darkness in pre-order for three months and thought, great. Okay, guys, here it is. Have fun. So current pre-orders for Child of Darkness – Release with the release date of August sixteenth, twenty eighteen, is thirteen hundred and sixty four. Wow, that's fantastic. I I know when I checked the rank this morning, it was somewhere around five thousand for a pre order coming out in three months. Pretty good. Yeah, uh, I can say I can say exactly. Let's see. It's uh yeah. There we go. We're at fifty nine oh nine for the Amazon bestseller rank, and it's holding steady right now. Literally, the file just says. This is a placeholder. That's all it says. One mm-hmm. sentence. This is a placeholder. <laughs> that's the entire. That's the entire placeholder that's, book. That's all it says right now. Is this is a placeholder? It does not say anything else. Um, I've had the cover for a long time. That was the last cover. The, the last batch. Um, my cover designer is in the process of making the next four covers for the for the end of the series. Um, and let, let's talk about so, the way you do those covers because when, when we talked at Twenty Books at the Twenty Books Conference, you order them in in batches. You don't. It's not one I at a time. It's like give me the next six or the next four or or whatever. No, and that's a funny story too because um, my um, 
my cover designer's name is Heather Hamilton Center. She's got a, a, a she has a very excellent website. She's a very very um, talented, great cover mm-hmm. designer. Yeah, she's made almost all my covers, all my mainline covers. She's done. And, so, and let me just say, for uh, people who look at, at your author page, you can tell the ones that Heather didn't do. <laughs> of course. And, and the, uh, the ones that Heather did are usually um, small stories or stuff that's goofy stuff, 99 uh-huh. cent, you know, short stories. Usually those I'll make myself or I'll buy it off, off the shelf mm-hmm. or whatever. Um, so <laughs> funny story. So for last year, um, I was changing – I wanted to change the entire Athena Lee books. I wanted to change them over and rebrand them. So last year I, I asked her how many covers – uh, could you do some science fiction covers? And she doesn't do those very often. She mainly does fantasy. And she says, well, how many? And I said, 18. So I dropped 18 covers on her in like June of last year. So it kept her busy all summer. So this year um, we were talking in, I think it was March. We were talking and she said, well, what are your plans for this year? Cause I'm putting my calendar together. Cause she knows how I am. So I told her, I said, well, I want to write this series and this series and this series. And we, and I, I, I laid it all out for her. And she's like, well, well, which, how many covers of each of those and how many books and blah, 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 and that kind of stuff. So we talked about it. And then the next day, there's an invoice in my e-box for 19, or sorry, 17 uh-huh. covers and a, and, a, and a bill. So I paid it. <laughs> <laughs> so I ordered. And then after, after, after that, about a week later, I added two more covers to it. So yeah, so she's, she's working on 19 covers for me. But I order my covers ahead of time. Um, yes, it cost me, call it $4,000, but... You know, I, I do my covers ahead of time. Um, generally, her covers, by the way, just if you're looking for price, they run around the $400 range. They do get higher. She does have a uh, website where she does do um, uh, cover auctions, and they're fairly decent. I've actually bought a couple mm-hmm. of them, and she's laughed at me because she's like, you know, I'll make you one of those. And I'm like, yeah, but it's half your price. <laughs> so, you know, <laughs> so, so I bought a couple. She's, she sold like nine covers. I bought like six mm-hmm. of them. So it, it's kind of funny. But the um, um, And I've used them, but you know. So the I buy my covers ahead of time because that's how I do my series. When I put a title on it, the title is my outline. The title, every one of my titles describes what the book okay. is about. So I don't really do outlines. I just have a I have a cover. So I write to the cover. All right, I've teased this thing about your um, offline marketing, and I'm going to ease into it. Uh, I, uh, you and I right. met again at uh, Nink. I think is is that October, yes. November, it and was. It was um, October. Yeah, it's the first time I'd seen you in a little while. And you said, "Here, have a pin," and I'm like. What is this? Are you a software guy now? You're handing me a pin, and I still have the pin, by the way. But you do a lot of just like old school offline marketing thing, like pins and handouts and things like that. Before we get into the big thing, how do those work for you? They actually work pretty well. I'm not sure about how much uh, ROI or how much exposure, you know, how many people have have, have looked at the pen and looked the book up. I have seen people. for the bigger thing, I have seen people pull out their phone and 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 do something. But we'll we'll talk about that. So what I did is I I bought a couple of hundred um, really nice pens, just like mm-hmm. ink pens, and I I paid for the good ones. I didn't pay for the cheap ones. That's why I still and have it. It it, it does. Yeah, well, that's and, you, and you can get refills for it too. If you put, take it apart, it's a standard one. You can get it from any any mm-hmm. store. So I got a bunch of pens. So I got in the habit of when I eat out, if I eat out at a restaurant. Instead of taking pen, I leave a pen. Ah. So if the waiter gives me a pen, I'll leave one. So he'll. Do have you two. say anything? Do you say like, "Hey, I'm an author. This is, these are the books I write." Um, no, I do when I go to. Um, there's a couple of restaurants that I frequent that know that uh-huh. I'm an author. 
because sometimes I take my computer and I'm sitting at the bar writing, but they know and and they like it when I give them pens. The waitresses always need uh-huh. pens, so you know people steal pens all the time. So you'll end up with pens, you know, or they don't. I shouldn't say steal; they acquire yes. pens. But 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 I figure I'm I'm probably thinking there's two or three hundred floating around Tallahassee now because you know people have. <laughs> have gotten pens from me and the waitresses don't have them anymore. So they had to have gone somewhere. Um, I also, (laughs) so um, I have, I made up flyers that um, have both series on the books. Um, I actually have them. They're in my doctor's office actually, but yeah, I I have given some of them in in a few places that, 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 that I frequent. They're like, can I leave some of these here? And they're like, sure, go ahead. So, you know, I've done that a few times and most people say, Oh, that's just crazy. But see, the flyers are have a different purpose. The flyers are for the van. So I had this idea, and I've had this idea floating around in my head for a while. So I had this idea um, in 2017. I was sitting at a red light, and you know, when you're sitting at a red light, there's lots of people parked around you, and you know, you see these service vans, and they say, you know, like you know, Matt's Plumbing and the electrician and the and, and something might advertising a grocery store or whatever. So I'm like, what would happen if I bought a commercial van and wrapped it and put my artwork on the outside? So and, and I'm like, I don't know how much that would cost. So we were kicking around, kicking around. Um, funny story. We went we went to Nissan because I have a car from Nissan. And we went to Nissan and we were getting the oil change on the car. My wife is like, why don't you go in there and ask about those commercial vans? And I'm like, OK. So I went in and found the guy who sold me our car, and he was happy to show me the commercial vans. <laughs> and what I wanted was this little one. They have a little one. It's called an NV200. Uh-huh. Uh, everybody's using them. They're all over the place. So I'm a big man. So while I got into the, the NV200, I, while I could get into it, the steering wheel doesn't move. So I'm like, well, crap. I can't do anything with it. So it's only a four-cylinder. So if I wanted to take it somewhere, I can't. You know, Well, I could, but I could burn up the engine. So um, – so my wife's like, well, is there a bigger one? So instead of bringing me the middle one, they bring me the big one. Because there's a, there's it's a like middle the, one. The big well, one is the, like a, a sprinter van. It, it's huge. It is. I didn't get the tall ceiling. I've got okay. the low ceiling. I don't have the one I can climb in and stand up in. So I drove it a couple times. We, we looked at it. We looked at the specs on it. It's a, it's a six-cylinder. It's got the same engine as a Titan. Um, you know, it, it, it was nice. And he gave me the price, and it wasn't horrible, horrible. So I'm like, I drove. So I went in for an oil change and drove away with a van. <laughs> so uh, the van was, uh, I'll tell you, it was thirty-two thousand for the van. I had to put a, put about a mm-hmm. half down um, because my credit is crappy. Because you know, authors, we have a real interesting way we get paid. Royalty is is. is it's not like W two income. No, it's not like W two income, and they look at you like you're insane. So I I I I actually have called it. Privately, I've called it it's drug dealer money <laughs> because it just shows up in your account and you don't really have a W two to say this is where it came from. <laughs> so, so, I mean, it says Amazon, but it doesn't say it doesn't mean anything. So, um, so yeah, so I drove away with a van. So it took me about two months to find some place to. And wrap so what? Up. Like just a stock white van? Stock white van? Yes. People okay. are like, oh, you and your creepy van. So um, it's this great big huge van. And you can put a queen size bed in the back. It's it's big. I've got, so I've got boxes of books back there, and I've got all my author stuff, um, you know, like the signage and things for book signings, and, and all my swag. And it's just it gives me, it's like a storage unit on wheels. So then I went to I found a sign company and paid them forty six hundred dollars, and they wrapped the van. They wrapped the entire van. So one side of the van has artwork from one of my fantasy book covers. The other side of the van has artwork from one of my science fiction covers. 
and it has says the many worlds of T.S. Paul on it. And then it says in generic lettering, not Amazon lettering, because I don't want to get sued by Amazon. It says uh, international Amazon bestseller down at the bottom. So then I had flyers made up that I keep in the door pockets on the car so that if somebody asks me, I can hand them a flyer. <laughs> oh, so when people ask, stop you and ask you, oh, my gosh, you're amazing. Plus, all my other stuff is in uh-huh. the car. So I have books in the car. So, you know, you're not going to get rich selling books, paperbacks. Nobody, you won't ever do that. Selling them out of the back of your car, you're never going to sell them. So I, I, took a, I took a loss, bought $1,200 worth of books. They're in the back of the truck. If somebody wants a book, I just hand it to them. Have one. Because if they like the first book, there's seven more. Or in the case of the science fiction book, there's 17 more. <laughs> so they can read those. So I took a loss. They're already a loss. I've already changed paperback publishers. So the old, those are the old books. So I've got a bunch. But that's, you know, um, it's it's a write-off. I've already written them off. They were on last year's taxes. So, no, I, I wrote the van off last year. I wrote the wrap off this year. I can write off the mileage and the gas and all kind of crazy crap. It's it's a giant write-off, right. and I use it for advertising. It's a billboard that, on wheels that I'm driving around town, and I'm I'm driving it to Chicago this weekend. The local um, the local Tallahassee Writers Association have told me they told me to my face that it was pretentious. <laughs> I wasn't hurt by that. Most 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 and 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 nothing is wrong with them, but most of them are university press people. And they're they're total trads and they're not they, you know, but I am speaking to them in a speak in a speaking capacity uh, on July 12th. And that should be fun. But like I said, they they um, they have asked me to speak to them and um, they want to know my story. They don't want me to necessarily speak on indie publishing, but it's kind of the same thing. So I, I already told them, I said, I'm going to scare you. And they go, oh, we need to be scared. I'm like, uh-huh. So, yeah, that, that's coming up on the 12th. So if you're in the Tallahassee area, you can check my uh, – that's on the bottom of my Amazon author page. You can check that for details on that that particular event. I mean I – and I made a lot of contacts at Nick, and I had a lot of fun at Nick, and I'm going this year, and I am taking the van. So that should be – you know, because it's my work vehicle, so that's going to be fun. But the van the van is 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 interesting. Um, it, it is kind of a real pain in the butt to park. But beyond that, I drive it all over the place. Uh, people uh-huh. see me coming. Um, I have a lot of uh, – kind of uh, neck jerk reactions. You see people, you pass them on the highway and they kind of like look and then you see them a little slow down and kind of let their car drift back into my blind spot so they can see what the back of the van looks like. Because the pictures are big. I mean, it's a great big, huge, you know, it's artwork from the Blood of the Moon book on one side and on the other side, it's uh, Martian Inheritance. So it's it's pretty. Uh, it's fu- a funny story about the advertising is I went to the sign company and I had told them, I said, if you guys want to put you know, like your logo on the back you're more than welcome. I'm not looking for a discount, but if you want to put your your name back there, and the owner's like, well, you know, the people who own this before we did, it's a franchise kind of thing. Um, he says they used to do that, but we don't think it works. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. So I, I after the the minute I got the van, I shared it with forty thousand people on Facebook, and then took it over to Nissan, and Nissan put it on their website. So if 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 it doesn't work, that's fine. But I just shared it with you know the mm-hmm. world. <laughs> <laughs> and they could have had free advertising until it fell off. So whatever. I mean, uh, people make their own business decisions. Um, uh, uh, one of the things that I tell people is, is keep an open mind because, you know, just because it doesn't work this time doesn't mean it's not going to work that time. So, you know. All right. We've, we've spoken a few times about conferences. You go to a lot of conferences. Why? And, and you always do you always travel with your wife, Heather? Um, yeah, okay. usually. 
Um, she gets upset if I don't take her. Good. <laughs> she has offers. She now. I'm not going to the 20 books conference this year. She's actually going in my place. Wow. Um, she's meeting up with uh-huh. some friends out there, and she's going to hang out with them. But she's also going to go by. So she is going to hang out. Go there. So if you're there at 20 books, she'll I'll be, be there. there. She'll come over and give Good. me a hug. So she's going to go in my place. Mm-hmm. Um, this year, I'm pretty much only going to Nink, but I do go to a lot of conferences. I I like. Um, the exposure. I like to talk to people. You know, the thing that the the reason you go to a conference isn't necessarily to see who's speaking. The reason you should go as an author is to talk to other authors, because you know, talking to them online is one thing, but you don't always know if they're the right people you're talking to. You don't know that if you know um, someone you're talking to is a child or 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 someone who's misrepresenting themselves. You know, if you go to a conference, you could actually speak to that person. You could pick their brain. Find out stuff that works. The idea that I got for the Jack Dalton series, the serial series, I actually got from M.L. Buckman, Mark Buckman, mm-hmm. who writes Romantic Suspense. He does something very similar on his website called the the Ides of uh, Ides of Matt that he releases on the 14th or the 15th of the month, and he does the same thing where he posts the whole thing as a giant post. Then when it's done, he takes it down. He leaves his up for about a week. I only do the lead one for a day. But I got the idea from him. I picked his brain for like two days about this thing. He told me that very few authors can get it to work, and I gave it a go, and it's working for me. But, you know. Do you find that when you meet someone face-to-face that it's, it just cements a relationship in a way that, that you can't really do when it's just online? Yeah, I think it does. And and also, you know, you get to be friends with that person, and you keep track mm-hmm. of them. They may not necessarily be able to help you today, but they might be able to help you later on. You know, I, I just made a big thing with my my mentees because I still have a few mm-hmm. of those. Um, I still made a big thing with my mentees. Don't burn your bridges. I mean, if severing a relationship with somebody over politics or religion or opinion or whatever, yes, you think, oh, I need to do that because that person is evil. Well, you know what? You might need that person in a year from now. You might need that person. It, they might be. You might decide to jump categories, and you need to know that mystery writer or that romance writer or that science fiction writer or that erotica writer, maybe they can give you a hint Mm -hmm. on what to do. I mean, yes, you may not agree with something that they've done, but you still need to keep in contact with them. This is the kind of business where burning a bridge is a bad thing. If you make a contact with a trad publisher or something like that, and you disagree with them because they're a trad, don't burn the bridge because that's a personal contact you might need in two years. Or tomorrow. Yeah, and I think I think you could probably say the same for any business. There's there's not really a big need to burn bridges other than just for self satisfaction. Well, there's that, and, and authors. And this is the one thing I found I've discovered that a lot of authors don't think about is that as soon as you publish a book, two things happen: you're a business person and you're a public mm-hmm. figure. So anything that you do relates against those two things. So you know you need to think business as soon as you publish a book. It's not a hobby anymore. You're now a publisher. You've now written something. You're a public figure, and you're a business, and you need to act like it. So, you know, I'm really – we laugh because there's there's sometimes we're on the highway, and I'm in the van, and Heather will be like, pass that guy. And I'm like, I'm not going 90 in the van. It's got my name on the side of it. <laughs> oh, I didn't even think of that. <laughs> yeah, it's one thing you know, to have I'm a vanity gonna... plate. It's another thing to have a van with your name in uh... – 36 inch letters on it. It is. And, 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 and there's things like, so stuff like that, you know, if you're going to park there, don't drive the van, you know, or whatever. I mean, that's just, it's just, it's just common sense, you know, and, and save your receipt. You could write it off. It's a business expense, you know, think, think business, don't think personal. And then when it comes to stuff online, Oh my God, don't put it online. 
you're going to, you know, the, the, if the internet is forever. All right. We've been speaking with Amazon best-selling author T.S. Paul. Scott, where can people find you online and find more pictures of your van? Because I'm only going to post one on the AuthorBiz website. Yeah. Um, the pictures of the van, they're on my Facebook page. They're on um, um, the T.S. Paul um, Facebook page. They're also on my website, tspaul.blogspot.com. Um, just so you know, uh, Stephen, I know I know you always laugh at me because of my blogspot post. Um, I am getting a new website built. Woohoo! Someone is building it. Wow! I'm still not wow. going to have a mailing list, but I am having one built. <laughs> <laughs> and that has its own funny stories associated with it too. But I am having one built. I am paying someone. There's a, a designer or a person, a, a creator in Canada, uh-huh. making it for me. Good. Um, Good. And the funny story for that is that in the email, somehow she got it in her head that my name is Doug, not Scott. And I can't seem to break her over. So every email starts out, dear Doug. And it's it's turned into this funny thing. Now my wife calls me Doug, which is hilarious. So it's <laughs> but but beyond that, I am getting a website built. So that's not up yet. It will be soon, but not yet. Um, but yeah, tspaul.blogspot.com. You can find me there. You can find me on Facebook. Um, I'm on Instagram, tspaulauthor is what is for Instagram. And then I am on Twitter, but as a unicorn. So um, it's all about the horn for Twitter, and that's okay. the Fergus character from my Federal Witch books. Oh, and when right, he when right, he posts, right. he's posting as a unicorn. So they say things like, um, "The author that feeds me has a new book out. It's not about unicorns, but here it is." <laughs> <laughs> All right, you said the author that feeds me. I, I we're done, but I've got to ask you one more question. You were a chef at one time, and you started by posting recipes at the back of some of your books, and then all of a sudden you're publishing yes, cookbooks. I don't really do the, I don't How, really do the cookbooks anymore, but I was. I did okay. four of them. How did that work? I don't know. It worked kind of fun. The, the ones I did for Alpha Class, um, it was just kind of a spur of the moment. I do a lot of things because I think they're funny. And to be truthful, I didn't yes. think Michael Anderley was going to allow me to put a recipe in the back of the book. And I said, <laughs> can I put this in the back of the book? He's like, I don't care. So then when we did the second book, he's like, you got a recipe for this? I'm like, well, hell. So I had to come up with a recipe. So and then I did some did some cookbooks. I've got uh, four cookbooks associated with the Federal Witch Universe. They have short stories in them. Um, they sell OK. Oh, they do. Okay. All right. So they're not just cookbooks. Because I remember you showing me – you sent me a picture of one of your cookbooks with a bestseller tag next to it, and I just like was slapping my forehead. (laughs) It's because they have short stories in it. So what happens is is the reader – Read they 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 look at it they'll they'll ku it it's not book stuffing please don't associate me with that however they jump to the back of the book to read my stories because my stories are in the back of the book so okay. they'll they'll and then the first comment of the very first cookbook was the first review was this really is a cookbook which I thought was hilarious because so, there really are recipes in there there's, <laughs> there's twenty one recipes and then there's two short stories there's one at the beginning of the book that's not written by me it's by my co writer and then my short stories at the end and they're usually about Fergus which is the unicorn character. And there's 21 recipes in the middle, and they all work. You could use them. They've all been tested. But it's just really funny. Um, So people go, this really is a cookbook. It's always an adventure to speak with you, Scott. (laughs) (laughs) And always a pleasure. You're welcome. Thank you so much for being on the show again. uh, Enjoy your your billboard drive to uh, Chicago. And I I can't wait till we chat again or that I see you at a conference somewhere. Thank you. 